0: Welcome back everybody, welcome to this week's If I Only Knew. And this week we're touching on a topic that might be a little bit interesting for some people, others might wonder why we're talking about it. But it's this concept of ethical porn and the digital disruption of the pornography industry and specifically the platform OnlyFans. I want to introduce my co-host Matt.
1: Matt, how are you? G'day Fred. This is definitely a a, a slightly unusual topic perhaps, but it was in the news a a few weeks ago and is really quite significant, I think, for a lot of people, because the fact is, this is quite a big platform, quite a big business, and there's been some real changes going on in the last year or two, hasn't there?
0: Absolutely. Now, we want to first start by saying that Matt and I, I think it's fair to say, understand that in the world that we live in, uh, sex work is real work, but ethical Mm -hmm. sex work that doesn't rely on the exploitation or trafficking of humans, is understood to be there anything that exploits or disempowers people is not something that we would ever support mm. with that said only fans is an example in majority of this concept of new wave ethical porn and for those that don't know what only fans mm. is ironically the platform wasn't started to feature adult artists actually what it was started for was to allow celebrities to monetize their life so you could subscribe to see a day in the life of uh, Little Naz the Rapper. I think that's a contemporary record. Yes. I was going to say Paris Hilton. But it, the start of the pandemic, there was a parallel platform called 4Fans. And 4Fans was set up specifically to showcase adult entertainment. Uh, but 4Fans had a structural uh, difference to OnlyFans in that they were charging 35% of the fees that an entertainer, which is how they're referred to, earned. And OnlyFans set up their platform with the concept of only monetizing for themselves about 15% of fees earned. OnlyFans did have good regulation around what they would and wouldn't allow on the platform to minimize this concept of any form of exploitation, particularly against vulnerable humans, children, etc. And they made sure that there were those things that other people would consider to be perverse or or uh, quite alternative that didn't feature on the platform at all. I won't go into what they excluded because the reality is they kept it within what we would generally consider to be mainstream Mm. pornography. The difference, though, is when the pandemic hit, traditional sex workers and those adult stars that were working for studios decided that because of the lack of work, they would launch OnlyFans channels And it disrupted the industry. Uh, OnlyFans currently pays out something along the lines of $600 million to entertainers with channels on OnlyFans. And a lot of that work is solo work. Uh, You do need to be verified so that there is no underage content on the site. They did a purge at one point when they were accused of it, Matt's told me that they could reliably purge 15 accounts that may have been suspect, and this is with thousands of accounts online. OnlyFans has democratised the idea of adult work, sex work and pornography. Mm. Uh, One content provider was working for a pornographic studio and was earning hundreds of dollars a week and through OnlyFans has ratcheted that up to be about $35,000 a month directly to them. Mm. There is an example of a sex worker that was earning $1,500 a month after the costs were going to those associated with keeping her safe Uh, and it wasn't a particularly nice environment to earning $25,000 a month. So OnlyFans created a safety for adult entertainment and sex workers that in large part gave power back to creators or artists, removed the influence of uh, large-scale production houses and uh, the more unseemly aspect of escort work or adult entertainment. With that said, OnlyFans recently, and this is what's been in the news, Matt, Came out and said that they have to remove the sexual content from OnlyFans yeah. in order to continue to secure a transaction partner and to potentially get uh, private equity investment to allow the platform to grow. Yeah. Three days later, they reversed the decision because of public backlash and ARTA backlash. But the justification for funding bodies that may be visa. MasterCard, and the big banks, was they're exercising their morality clause around the way that OnlyFans content monetizes certain forms of entertainment, predominantly adult entertainment, and of a big issue, particularly in the United States, is the content that is essentially labeled gay porn, mm-hmm. okay? So this is my bone of contention. This is what I wanna discuss, Matt. You've got this digital disruption to an industry that has been long held to exploit and be in its own way quite unethical. It's moving into the light, it's being seen as more mainstream and the concept of ethical adult entertainment is very much uh, a consumer-driven movement at the moment. So OnlyFans allows for a digital disruption to put power back into the hands of the people that are entertaining those that consume their content. I must admit, I haven't jumped on OnlyFans. Mm -hmm. I'll be upfront about that. I'm not adverse to that sort of stuff, but it's just not my thing. Um, The reality though, is the second that the power shifted in a way that was better for the industry, morality was used as a way to try to cut them down. What does that say to you? What am I I missing here?
1: This is an important topic, and I think it's easy for us, particularly in like the Anglo-American West, where we're a little bit more touchy about things like sexuality, um, to try and like brush an issue like this under the carpet. But only fans as a platform has facilitated improvements in quality of life for tons of people. And I think that it seems like quite a dubious idea to say that well, they don't deserve it or whatever sex work is real work it's the old one of the oldest professions in the world and it's also been one of the most rife with exploitation as you've talked about now yeah. only fans is not a perfect platform of course and there are challenges that can be leveled at it such as the use of exploitation underage material whatever those exist but i'm not necessarily convinced that the appropriate response to those moral challenges is to ban all sexually explicit content on the platform. And that's what's being demanded by these financial institutions. There's a handful of problems here. One of them is this application of morality. And the other for me is the idea of like, who is controlling what goods can exist on the market? And the simplest one is that second point, which I'll start with. We ostensibly live in a free market in the Western world. Now, there's A handful of things that complicate that. But this is an idea that I haven't come across before, which is that in a world of online transactions that require intermediaries to facilitate such as Visa or MasterCard, there's like four businesses, Visa, MasterCard, American Express, and maybe a collection of smaller ones that control what business can be conducted online. And they have a a seemingly total control, if they all agree, to stop facilitating payments over what can be bought and what can't be bought. So over the last 20 years, there's been interventions in things like purchasing guns uh, to make that more difficult, things like purchasing different kind of explicit sexual material, even things like purchasing payday loans, like loans that work on a very short scale like that. Um, All of those aspects of the market have been intervened with either through the political system or simply by the banks themselves and those have been challenged i suppose by these payment processing platforms so for one thing fascinating that these payment processing platforms have the capacity it seems to control the goods that exist on the market the fact that they're using the the guise of morality to say this is the thing that shouldn't be on the market i think is fascinating because You're looking at a collection of material that I think it can be comfortably agreed is like morally reprehensible, exploitation, underage, that kind of stuff. And I think that that's true, but... It's criminal and anybody involved should be prosecuted. I think we can agree on that. Yeah, and that's not controversial. But that's a small, small section, as I understand, of this platform. And I I suspect that there are better ways that that could be managed. So rather than simply prohibiting adult content... But then you've got this more perhaps dubious element of the morality clause, Fred, which says, what is immoral? You know, is it gay pornography that is is a outrage against the social conscious? Well, I certainly don't think it is. And I think that when you get questionable ideas of morality, it shouldn't be the purview of a handful of oligopolies to say, oh, no, well, that can't exist on the market because it's a, it's a risk to our financial security or whatever um, because it might offend the social conscience. And so I think it's... Um, It's rather absurd that this idea of morality is being used to say, well, this entire platform should remove explicit content um, because of a handful of boardroom decisions, perhaps. The other side that exacerbates the irony of this situation i think fred for me is that these are large financial institutions we're talking about financial institutions that have been heavily implicated in examples of money laundering and examples yeah. of um, other plenty criminal activities um you know by accident by oversight, whatever you know, that, that's a real challenge to a financial institution is to build a, a watertight system that's a, a very difficult thing no doubt but if your if your system isn't watertight can you really be demanding another platform system to be watertight for it to conduct business? That seems rather hypocritical to me. And so I think that that's, that's a, a real spiky point of this. Like a lot of people find the morality of large financial institutions very questionable itself. And yet here they are preaching about the morality of a different platform.
0: I, I want to make the point that OnlyFans in particular has worked very hard as I understand it to ensure that it is an ethical platform mm-hmm that safeguards vulnerable people, and there are ways to do that, Um, and in fact, by living by the laws of the land in Australia and the US, they're openly accepting what the legislation dictates they can do. They're not trying to work around the fringes. There are other sites like that. And I know nothing about this concept of the dark web, but we hear about it on the news, all the stuff that you wouldn't see in the mainstream. Somebody's doing something somewhere. So OnlyFans assuming that it is perfectly imperfect, but ethically focused and living by legislation that we are they they are abiding by the laws of our land Mm. what i find remarkable and it's an example we're not we're not here advocating for only fans let Mm. people make their own decisions about how they Mm. consume what entertainment they want but i find it really really dubious as you've pointed out that the moral arbiters outside of government and laws Mm. Are financial institutions that benefited from, that continue to benefit from global conflict, arms sales, yeah. the subprime mortgage market, and the bubble that allowed a lot of people to go into poverty. Um, these are the banks that would give less than 0.00 whatever of their earnings to charity. Mm at the same time that they foreclose on low-income families, at the same time that they're taking big pharma and big tobacco money, oil company money, okay? There's two arguments. I get really conflicted with this because growing up in a family business, the, the sign at the till said, management reserves the right to refuse service. Right, yeah. Okay? On the other side, you're not a government, you're not a lawmaker, you're providing a service, and if it's legal... Shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the irony for me, Matt, with this debate about OnlyFans is the people that are agitating the financial institutions, not surprisingly, are the evangelical states, the, the more conservative individuals, in, so, predominantly in the United States of America, but trust me, they're here too. Yeah. yeah. And if you overlay the environments where people are protesting the most and the use of OnlyFans fans the most <laughs> you wouldn't be surprised matt if there's a strong correlation between the places where people saying stop this evil mm, yeah and the downloads yeah, yeah 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 what am i missing here matt is this self-loathing gone mad yeah. <laughs> so matt What's your hope for OnlyFans or platforms like it?
1: Oh, Look, I think OnlyFans is an excellent example of, as you've talked about, the opportunity for digital disruption that might have very positive outcomes for people who are then able to take their own jobs. You use the word democratising sex work. I think that's a very good way to describe something like this. I think that it is clear to me that OnlyFans has provided a platform to fill a demand there's a demand for this stuff and so content creators supply that demand and they supply it on their own terms they supply it how they want to they get appropriate compensation for it and they get control over their workplace environment it seems like a fantastic deal for all involved because The demanders have their demand met, the suppliers get to meet the supply in the way they want to do so. And so I think that it serves as a good example of the way the internet can protect more people, I suppose. There are associated problems with things like porn addiction or whatever. That's not really what we're talking about here, I don't think. And so I would would challenge people who are concerned by that kind of stuff to put that aside for the moment. The, The simple fact that we're talking about is more the supply side, which is, people who provide sex work which has been around for a very long time have in the past been open to extreme dangers only fans as a platform provides the opportunity to resolve those problems i think Absolutely. and and it has done so quite successfully i think what has happened now is that a significant amount of uncertainty has been introduced into that platform and that's been a real problem for these content creators because a lot of them struggle financially or struggle to find other work whatever it might be and that uncertainty poses a real risk i think to people my hope is that over time, that kind of uncertainty can begin to be reduced. And we can say, look, this is an effective and appropriate platform if it's managed well. Therefore, it should be allowed to persist. Those are my thoughts.
0: And. and- I really like that summary, mate, because it speaks a lot to the issue. You've talked about those that may struggle with porn addiction. If that is an issue that you have or any addiction, in fact, reach out in whatever way you can. I have worked with people with porn addiction, Matt, and internet addiction Mm -hmm. in general, and they will tell you that regardless of what you take away, there is always a way to find what you want. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's the other side of it.
0: So at least those that may consume this sort of entertainment can rest easy knowing there's a, an ethical basis that applies the law of the land that they're in to what they're consuming. Yeah, yeah, and I think that if you are going to draw a line, there are three things that I know to be absolute fact. OnlyFans is doing what it's doing within the laws of the land mm, mm. in a heavy regulated environment. Mm. It is not without regulation; it's highly regulated. And in a way where they are, as you've said, empowering and democratizing the content providers, if you remove it, something will fill the void. Yeah. Okay. And that something may learn from the OnlyFans experience and base their operations in an environment that doesn't have the same regulation, doesn't have the same moral implication around what the content might look like. And... The third point I want to make about it is ultimately the section of our society that would wish away only fans is ignorant to the idea that because of this supply and demand argument, there is no way to remove this content from society. If it's legal, if it's ethical, and if it's regulated, then we have achieved a very happy medium. And in the event that they're that repressed that they would want to obliterate all of it, they're living in a fiction. But that fiction is dangerous because it will shift things away from stuff that can be controlled to places in the world where anything goes and they still exist. And I think that OnlyFans and platforms like it are a watershed moment where we can truly say I consume what I choose to consume without the fear that somebody is ultimately being hurt by this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So in that regard, I hope that they overcome these issues. I'm also really skeptical, Matt. I don't think anybody's going to say no to $600 million a year (laughs) just quietly. (laughs) I think that would be a very brave move, and I don't believe you'll see it happen. And I believe six hundred million a year would allow a new entrant to the market yeah. to fund themselves pretty well. So, on that note, we want to say that if you if you've been triggered by this episode or anything into this content that you don't agree with, drop us a line, talk to us about it. We want to get alternate views on this. Matt and I never started this podcast assuming that we would agree. Mm, mm. And we don't always. And when Matt's blatantly wrong, you won't hear it because he cuts it out of the episode. (laughs) Um, But the reality is on topics like this, there is more than one angle. Mm. But Matt and I take just by chance and good luck, not by good planning, have a very common sense approach Mm. to what is going on in the real world. And generationally, which is what this podcast is about, we're always surprised by what draws our opinions together than rather what the differences are. And we'd love to hear from you. We are going to have a Superfans episode coming up in a couple of weeks where you can throw your curliest, most challenging questions to Matt and I. We'll put ourselves at your mercy. And um, Matt, I want to thank you for today. It's been a really, really interesting topic to discuss. I don't think we know... Anywhere near uh the half of it. And and I think that there is a follow up from this about the concept of ethical adult industry. And we may seek out somebody from that industry to come and really educate us a little bit. Because at the end of the day, as you talked about, it is supply and demand. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think this is an especially interesting site for that generational discussion as you just touched on, Fred. Like I am kind of surprised at how much agreement we've seen mate thank you for this week we'll see you again on if i only knew cheers fred catch you later bye
0: thank you for listening this podcast is a better pod group production with special thanks to our researcher nicola binks executive producer matt blanche the providers of our theme song with credits that are in our bio and of course you the listener it's important to remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only Whilst there are therapeutic themes discussed, in no way is a podcast considered treatment, and in the event you're in a psychological emergency, please reach out in whatever way you can through 000 or Lifeline 13 11 14. It's important to remember that the discussion is for entertainment purposes, and the opinions voiced by podcast hosts are theirs and theirs alone. Any reference to copyright or copywritten material is of course the copyright of the copyright owner and or relevant corporate entities. Thank you for listening to Bad Pod Group Productions, and tune in to some of our other excellent pod productions on this network.